Gondale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the frosty-fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another magical, mindful Monday morning. Uh, it's a melting Monday morning, friends. I mean, it says meltdown out there. We've had snowpocalypse. Everything's covered in about a half inch of ice. Uh, lots of power lines down and out. We've been in and out of power off and on for the last few days. It's flickered several times today, so I've I'm actually a little bit late getting this out today because of that. Every single time the power flickered, the computer goes off, the router goes off. You know how it goes. But here we are, jumping straight into Monday's report, Torture Report 529. The progressives make a hard pivot to keep the peasants guessing. Friends, today we're going to be contemplating the road ahead through the lens of the radical leftist cabal. But first, may I say, happy Monday. It's a magical day. Every day is a good day to be alive. It's a great day to be alive. Uh, Now, that said... As I was surveying the news this morning, I can tell you what, there's been a a hard pivot in the narrative, kind of just like a snap of a fingers. But over the weekend, there's this like slew of corresponding softening of headlines coming out regarding all things COVID-19, uh, regarding the, the diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, we need to drop DEI. We've got leftist outlets saying that today. And of course, many people uh, squawking about the secret global cabal. And I, I think that the reason I want to point this out, the reason this matters, this shifting and the softening of the stance toward COVID, DEI, and the cabal, I think, in my humble opinion, friends, it demonstrates how the truth can triumph over propaganda. So that's the good news of looking at, like, yes, all right, you know, people are fighting back. They're going to, you know, just kind of tear down the COVID narrative. We're going we're gonna to fight back and tear down the DEI agenda. We're going to fight back. We're going to tear down the secret cabal because, look, people are calling it out in broad daylight. That's good, right? And if enough people are willing to stand up and speak up and fight back, then we can defeat it. That's great. Uh, the truth can prevail so long as we're willing to defend it. Now, that said, I want to kind of contrast that with the fact that I don't actually trust this pivot in the narrative, not even for a second. Now, I'm going to give you just one example here of the, of the softening of the narrative coming from the Seattle Times this morning. They're over there backpedaling as fast as they can on that whole, that sudden surge, the holiday surge of a deadly new variant. They've been pushing that hard along with the rest of the leftist media over the last couple of weeks. And today we see headlines at the Seattle Times say California and Oregon ease their COVID isolation rules. Pause. You know, I didn't know that California and Oregon were still pushing COVID isolation rules, but evidently they were because now they're easing their COVID isolation rules, breaking with the CDC. Oh, wow. Those brave stalwart leaders of California and Oregon, they're breaking with the CDC and easing the COVID isolation rules. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, also at the Seattle Times, respiratory viruses are down in Washington, but they're still circulated at high levels. They're down, but they're circulated at high levels, you know. And then, of course, they have this little article about how to make the most of your at-home COVID tests. Now, I guess, you know, looking at the news today, all of those headlines about the 10,000 poor souls who died last month from the surge in a deadly new variant, obviously those headlines didn't get enough people worked up to care. 
So now the liberals are changing their tune right there. They're breaking with the CDC. They're admitting that the data doesn't actually support the narrative that, you know, that, but, 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 but that said, you know, the invisible enemy is still circulating at high levels. So you probably should use your free at-home tests, you know. Anyway, friends, to me, I look at this and what I see is the direct output of algorithmic social interventions. Algorithmic social interventions. ASI. It's weaponized AI. When the powers that be can use creepy social listening, this fancy weaponized AI technology, they use social listening to monitor public sentiment. That's what algorithmic social interventions do. And when they're using the social social listening to monitor public sentiment, they can see the rising of dissent and discontent in real time. And that specifically can be drilled down on as it relates to any given narrative. Well, what do the peasants think about climate change? You know, what do the peasants think about abortion rights? What what do the peasants think about Donald Trump? You know, what what do the peasants think about the global cabal trying to take over the world? I don't know. You know, let's have a look at what the algorithms tell us. And so the globalists, the powers that be, they have their fingers on the pulse of the public's emotion. And with that knowledge, knowledge is power, they can back off any narrative that starts to stimulate enough resistance that it might metastasize uh, and turn the public against their benevolent enlightened leaders. So that's how social listening works. You know, they, they can test and feel the public's emotion and if it looks like people are getting really pissed off and they're going to rally and organize and band together to stomp down, you know, some aspect of the agenda that the globalists just let off a little bit. And in doing so, the peasants, they get a momentary sense of gratification like, ha ha, you see those commie bastards just thought that they were going to push another round of COVID, but we sure told them. And of course... That inevitably, inevitably causes people to kind of settle down, right? Get back into the comfort zone, the threats past. Yeah, they're not going to try that crap again, Luke. I mean, come on, look, we just, we just shattered them down, you know? And, of course, the threat has not passed. The government still assumes that they have the authority for all of these isolation rules and all that kind of stuff. So the authority still exists. They're just giving the peasants a little time to settle down. Just a little bit, right? I mean, that makes sense, you know? So the threat's gone, things are quieting down, and now the government's just lurking, you know, in the background, in the shadows, waiting for the next opportune moment to jump out and strike fear into the hearts of the masses. So, I don't know, you might think about it like uh, kind of as a military probing of the perimeter of the public psyche, right? They're, they're kind of poking around to see how the public's going to respond. They can run a slew of headlines here or there. They can instantly analyze billions of data points, courtesy of the social media response and all that. They can survey the semantics of those responses, like how are people feeling? It comes down to words. I'm pissed off. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Okay, that's going to register different than, I don't know if I agree with that, right? So they're surveying the language, the semantics, and extracting public sentiment out of that. They're using social listening uh, out algorithmic social interventions, weaponized AI to do this. And with this, they can identify kind of who and and where from the most pushback is most likely to come. And then they can pivot accordingly. That's what we're seeing in the headlines right now, again, uh, in the the humble opinion of your your favorite fuzzy peasant. So uh, an example 
just to try to kind of play this out in the mind is a little bit. If you can imagine our zip code or your local zip code has been determined based on social media surveillance, social listening. They determined that your zip code is a stronghold of rebel dissent. That, you know, right here in Click Attack County, there's a whole bunch of climate deniers and anti-vaxxers and J6 sympathizers and Trump-loving MAGA extremists. And, of course... That poses a major problem for the state, major problem, because people in our local community are much more likely to question the narrative and challenge authority. So what are the authorities going to do about this, right? Now, try to picture a storyboard, right? I mean, you got the little felt board and little things stick on. I mean, got to harken back to the grade school days here, but with the picture of a storyboard in your mind, on the left side of the storyboard, there's a little felt persona of the American riffraff that we're just talking about. The anti-vaxxers, climate deniers, Trump-loving mega-extremists. That's the American riffraff uh, as, as kind of captured in this felt persona on the uh, on the storyboard. And by the way, if you self-identify as American riffraff, you are in good company. I self-identify as a good, uh, you know, good-hearted, ignorant peasant. Uh, anyway, the point being, on the right side of the board, on the opposite side of the American riffraff, is an extra great big bright piece of felt that signifies a unified humanity enjoying their sustainable lifestyles in future Earth. Can you picture the storyboard? On the left side, we've got the felt persona of an American uh, of American riffraff. On the right side, you've got the great big bright piece of felt signifying the utopian unification of humanity in future Earth. If you got the mental image, then we can move forward. On this felt storyboard... The globalists are moving the American riffraff over toward future Earth, right? That's the story. They're one story at a time. The, the riffraff gets a little bit closer to accepting the globalist agenda. You know, Trump, Trump stole the election from Hillary Clinton with the help of the evil Russian tyrants. Uh, of course, he would obliterate global democracy, and so they have to deny his reelection at all costs. You know, that's part of the story. But fortunately, in 2020, just as Fauci predicted, the pandemic saved the day. The pandemic disrupted American elections, crashed the economy, got rid of Donald Trump, and allowed the Democrats to get back into the driver's seat. Yay! Joe Biden's the most popular president ever elected, and we can see our little felt persona of American riffraff sliding to the right. As a bonus, of course, the pandemic was also good for the environment, according to the globalists. It reduced the human population and showed the world that strict authoritarian governance was not only possible, it's actually preferable. I mean, just look at the, the stalwart leadership of the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, who were a role model for the world throughout the whole thing, okay? And now, again, you know, more and more Americans have slid over toward the, the utopian future Earth. And the American riffraff is kind of just getting drug along. Now, the globalists, of course, they could not have been more pleased with the outcome of the pandemic. I mean, after all, they did design the damn thing. But that troublesome American riffraff is it, it, it's obstinate. It's obstinately resisting the cultural programming that is necessary for them to make that final transition and accept 
the version of reality that the globalists would like them to to accept, right? And of course, this remnant percentage of the American population, they're clinging to their guns and Bibles. That is, they are clinging to their national identity, their cultural traditions, and that is completely at odds with everyone becoming a cosmopolitan peasant, a cosmopolitan citizen of future Earth. So what are the globalists going to do? You know, how are they going to get the riffraff all the way to future Earth? And the solution, friends, in simplest terms, the solution is to tell a different story. You see, the globalists cannot simply force some 82 million gun-toting, liberty-loving Americans to lay down their 393 million firearms. It ain't going to happen. You know, they're not going to get 82 million gun-toting Americans to adopt a global identity, scrap their Western lifestyles, and reject the archaic uh, constitutional cisgender ways. It just ain't going to happen. So I think they know that. You know, the globalists know that. It's not rocket scientists. And since they know that that's not going to happen, we're not just going to give up our guns. And we know that that's not going to happen. And since we know that they know that it's not going to (laughs) happen, then it seems prudent, does it not, to think through our imaginary storyboard and try to brainstorm some potential strategies here. So we know where we're headed because the globalists have stated their objectives, mm, excuse me, right out loud for in front of God and everybody. They've long been calculating the systematic destruction of the United States. They've been explicitly targeting those who have sworn allegiance to defend America against enemies, both foreign and domestic, particularly our veterans. They've been targeting those people for the last 15 years. You know, the federal government has been targeting Americans who are accused of nothing more than rejecting federal authority in favor of state or local authority. That comes right off a government report. Anybody who rejects federal authority in favor of state or local authority is an extremist, as if that's not exactly what the Constitution was designed to do, right? Which was to restrict federal authority in favor of state and local authority. I mean, today's federal government, friends, I know you know this, but it would be unrecognizable to the framers. And most of today's federal government is, in fact, entirely unconstitutional. I did come across a great article on that, just kind of lining out over at Stark Realities. It's a substack. I put the link in the report. Check it out. You know, it says that Americans are fighting for power that shouldn't exist. And essentially, so much of what comprises the federal government today is completely without constitutional grounding. But uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent there. You know, anyone who points this out, that our federal government, the beast of bureaucracy, is running amok and trampling our God-given constitutional rights and all that jazz, anybody who points that out, of course, you're, you're, you're guilty, instantly guilty. You're guilty of some sort of persistent stubbornness, some sort of resistance to, to obeying orders, to directions. And, of course, that is the hallmark of oppositional defiance disorder. I don't know if you suffer from oppositional defiance order, but I'm pretty sure I have a hefty case of ODD, given that people with ODD, oppositional defiance disorder, well, they may be living peaceful lives, but their acts of peaceful noncompliance, now officially a mental disorder known as oppositional defiance disorder, these are seen as subversive to the state, friends. You see, persistent stubbornness and resistance to taking somebody taking control of your life, that's all seen as subversive to the state. Taking it all together, it's, it's remarkable. I can't believe they, 
they are promoting this. They believe that. This is a government report. It's remarkably un-American. But, but, friends, it comes to bear on the story being told. If we look at it through that light and think about how they've been building the story for, you know, 15 years or more, I think we might notice maybe our, our, our little felt, our felt rebel rouser, he's already moved a lot closer to future Earth. The average American has moved closer to future Earth than we might have realized. And the question that sticks in my mind is, well, how are they going to finish this story? How are they going to, you know, how are the powers that be going to get global society over that last little bump of millions of armed rebels, right? Because the majority of Americans are all on board with it, but we've got this little tiny, you know, group of riffraff American extremists who don't, you know, who reject global authority. So how are they going to get over that? And as, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know, it might be useful to come at this with a different question, you know? What story will the globalists be telling their grandchildren about how humanity overcame the evil American extremists to protect global democracy and keep people safe? I'll ask you again. What story might the globalists tell their grandchildren about how humanity overcame the evil American extremists to protect global democracy and keep people safe. How? How did humanity finally disarm all those nasty racist authoritarians? How did the enlightened leaders finally depose of the authoritarians chosen dictator one Donald J. Trump? Tell me, Grandpa Klaus, tell me now. How did you win against the American extremists? Well, child, it was simple. We just had to change this story. <laughs> that was a lame uh, Klaus Schwab impersonation there. But think about it, friends. Think about it. They just have to change the story. Why the sudden pivot in the narrative? The answer is because it takes off the pressure. And thus, those of us who are predisposed to oppositional defiance disorder can get back to the rat killing, right? I mean, I'm assuming the threat has subsided. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get back to doing the daily. So this creates mental space, you see, for the next round of propaganda to be properly penetrated and infiltrated in, and into the twisting of our minds. That's just how it works. And since these rebel peasants are already emotionally charged and prone to violence, mind you, according to the reports, since these rebel peasants are so heavily armed, don't you think it would be foolish for the ruling class to evoke their wrath directly? No, now that would never do. The globalists, they need a different story. How do they get rid of all those guns and ammo without the lead flying in their direction? Hmm, I wonder, I don't know. Ah, oh, wait, aha, uh -huh. that's straight a hung election and a civil war. Yeah, yeah. That way they can achieve multiple objectives at once, right? If, if the globalists could orchestrate a hung election and a civil war, then they can reduce the munitions that might be used against them. They can reduce the number of rebels that might be organized against them. And of course, they can make the public hate these rebels with a bitter sort of resentment that could be used to win elections for generations to come. Of course, that's just the long-term vision. <laughs> 
In the short term, say over the next few years, the chaos of an American civil war would, would inevitably and undoubtedly cripple the economy. It would expose our country to outside attacks as the enemy smell blood in the water and pile on. It would instigate a constitutional crisis and fuel a rapid collapse of the United States as we know it. There's a few movies out about that just now, are there not? And of course, this would pave the way for the new world order. Friends, in other words, I believe this is a story that allows the riffraff to make it to future Earth. At least the ones who run out of bullets and get tired of starving and and finally surrender themselves to the benevolence of the state. Free food and, and free housing. Come on in out of the cold. You can own nothing and be happy. You just need to surrender. And of course, those who don't surrender are simply going to be ripped off the board and wiped from the face of the Earth. Friends, today there are many stories out about how Donald Trump has got the global elites shaking in their boots. Don't believe it. The sock puppet president is once again telling Americans that they need an F-16 to take on the government. Don't believe it. Legacy media is lamenting the fact that they no longer own the news, and global experts are sounding the alarm that misinformation is the greatest threat facing humanity today. But do not believe it, friends. Do not believe it. Uh, (laughs) There's no doubt at this point The frog has long been boiling in the pot. There's a good reason to suspect that we may be getting set up here. And at the end of the day, it all comes back down to trust. Who do you trust? Which story do you believe? Friends, in the coming months, these questions will become more important than ever before. As the sea of narratives shifts and flows from one enticing meme to the next, it is imperative that we realize these sloshing stories are designed to keep us guessing. It keeps us waiting to see how is it all going to play out instead of playing our part in this pivotal point of history changing the story any way we can we can decide how this whole story ends friends but in order to do that we've got to get off the bench and get into the game at this point any practical solutions are going to take massive tactical action and therefore resist we must and that is the message of my heart for today friends if you're enjoying this podcast please take the time to go to the website thetorchreport.com find the heart click the heart give me some love subscribe if you have not subscribed already, and of course, the greatest owner of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, maniacal Monday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.